Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks, where we have our global impact partners take a few minutes to address issues of site concern. In this installment, we're going to have Melissa Easy from IQVIA discuss deploying digital technologies that boost support to sites during COVID-19. And, and hi, Melissa. I'll give you just a minute or so to introduce yourself and what you do there at IQVIA before we start. Thank you very much. And hello, everyone. So, Melissa Easy, I work at uh, IQVIA Technologies, uh, specifically in the Clinical Technologies group. We have a number of pillars that make up this group, and I lead uh, one of the product suites that focuses specifically on technologies used by sites. And our, our sort of vision and, and our real drive is about making sure that sites have, are much more supported in their clinical trial experience. And some of you may or may not know um, uh, DrugDev. I was the founder of DrugDev before we became part of the IQVIA family. Okay, well, thanks for your time today. So in this podcast, we're going to re review three key areas where sponsors are rapidly deploying digital clinical technologies to boost support to sites and enable innovative drug development to continue, not only during the COVID-19 crisis, but well into the future. So. How is, COVID how is the COVID-19 pandemic affecting the way sites and sponsors view clinical technology? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. We, we've spoken to many, many different companies of sponsors of different sizes. Uh, we've also been talking to different sites. And everyone has got a variety of um, things to say. But, but as it relates to technologies, it's really interesting because Historically, people have seen them more as nice to have uh, rather than something that a clinical trial has to have. And we're seeing that people are really um, changing their opinion here because those, those sponsors and sites that actually already had technology in place prior to COVID-19, they've been able to pivot a lot quicker and, and they've really been able to respond to challenges um, you know, much faster. And we are finding that um, internally, as well as our customers and sites, are actually finding new use cases for technologies they already had, uh, and, and really being quite quite creative and making sure that we, we continue to really put patients first. And I, I've also spoken to a number of um, sponsors, for example, who didn't have technology in place because they perceived them as nice to have, and they're now finding that they'd love to quickly put something in place, but it's it's a little bit harder if you haven't already configured, you know, and used it before when there's a learning curve when you first do it. And I know that many sites felt quite overwhelmed being thrown numerous technologies um, when COVID-19 first started. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's really challenging and something we as an industry need to be really cautious of because, you know, everyone has different needs. There is so much going on that we all have to deal with with COVID-19 um, already. And so we've, we've got to really focus and remember to make um, the lives of sites easier. Uh, it's really important. And, and I believe um, my team have been doing that. Um, and I am really proud at um, how quickly they've turned things around and really been providing um, support to sites and sponsors. What, what, what is one of the biggest concerns you see as you work with sponsors and sites during this crisis? Uh, I would say payments to sites. 
I yeah. think that, you know, I, I mean, you know, many people right now are worried about, you know, being paid and will they have a job, et cetera. And, and I think some of the pauses in patient recruitment and visits for ongoing trials uh, will be temporary. And I think if we are not careful, we are actually going to really hurt sites. Um, have, they, they need funds to be able to pay their staff, um, you know, while studies are resuming. And, and not all studies have stopped. Some, some are continuing. Um, but, but as you know, um, you know, from one of the SCRS surveys done, you know, nearly 60% of sites only have three months or less of cash on hand. And, you know, at the moment, no one really knows when this is going to end and when we're going to return to normal. So I think it's really, really important that we are thinking about sites and their cash flow right now. And, you know, not only just making sure that they are paid in a timely manner for what they're owed, uh, but also making sure that if there are any holdbacks that, that is reversed, um, you know, and, and really working with the sites to make sure that we can um, give them transparency into when they can expect payments, um, as well as, you know, giving them access to, you know, what they have already been paid for and what will come when in the future through technology. And, and it's really this, this COVID-19 crisis has really highlighted that we, you know, around timeliness and accuracy of payments and, and, and really thinking about the site as a business. Yeah, and um, that, that has been, you know, on our online forum, one of the, the, the bigger topics during the whole thing is the, is the holdback release and, and payments and things like that. So uh, a quarterly payment schedule, if you didn't like it before, you probably really are bothered no. by it now at a research site. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, um, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say for good reason. I mean, you know, if, if you need to be paid. Um, yeah. <laughs> to continue. <laughs> so how else are your technology products helping sites right now? So we have a couple of different technologies. Uh, one, one of them that comes to mind first is really our investigator site portal. It's, it's, it's been interesting watching the impact that that has had. And I think when COVID-19 first hit, one of the biggest challenges that sponsors had was communication. And that was with sites, with their CROs, with other studies, um, study staff, uh, you know, with everyone. And because things were changing, you know, almost hour by hour at first, it, unless there was a really clear and efficient way to communicate to everyone, uh, it, it was quite problematic, and we found that the customers who already had the investigator site portal in place, they were able to use that as central hubs for all the different stakeholders as part of, a, of the studies, and, and they were able to do things about, you know, whether it be about the patient recruitment, any changes to the protocols, you know, going more virtual, if they're, you know, all of those things, frequently asked questions, sites could see the questions that other sites were asking. You know, it, it became really central and it really, really helped that central location have that communication with sites very clear and consistent because you don't want to rely on, you know, different messages from different people. So, so we, we have actually seen um, an immense amount of activity uh, going through our portals since the pandemic began. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of customers have told us that 
this is the way they wish to do it going forward. Really, that simplified, sort of easy, one place to go for, you know, communications and documents. And I love that because I think for sites, sometimes on a study, who do you go to? You know, is it the CRA? Is it the project manager? Is it someone at the sponsor, not or the CRO? And so I, I really love the idea of, regardless of how the study is being run, sites having a single place to go because, quite frankly, email, can be a little overwhelming when we all get busy. Um, I don't imagine there is a single site at the moment that is not busy thinking about their patients who should always be key and come first. I think the portal also, um, you know, there's a number of COVID-19 studies starting up and we, we can't follow some of the traditional uh, methods that we as an industry have done. So, so thinking through things like um, using a learning management module, uh, which, which portals such as ours have, um, you know, to be able to do that remote training, um, making sure that, you know, it, it's all done so that you, you don't you don't have to, to worry about, you know, seeing people because none of us are doing that right now unnecessarily. And so making sure that, that, that those records are updated so that later on, once COVID-19 has passed and people are doing audits, um, you know, there are clear audit trails showing that you have done your training, that GCP was up to date, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, again, sites shouldn't have to be tracking that type of thing. Um, for me, that's, you know, it, it's creating an efficiency and less administrative burden for sites. Okay, and, and any site working with IQVIA on a trial is part of the portal? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. So the one that I had in uh, mentioning uh, just then was very focused around when sponsors choose to use that for their studies, really to sort of centralize okay. everything into that one place, yes. Okay, any other technologies that are in demand and making a difference during the pandemic? Uh, Yes, a number. So, so uh, one of my favorites uh, is e-consent. Uh, that is definitely getting a lot of attention right now, whether that be from people who are wanting to run, you know, virtual trials. Um, you know, there, there's a lot going. And I think intuitively everyone's always known that e-consent is a great idea because um, the, the potential, you know, when it comes to patient recruitment, retention, you know, regulatory compliance, you know, um, you know, showing audit trails, et cetera. Um, but, but one thing that we've really seen is that e-consent sometimes gets deprioritized because people like the idea of status quo. Uh, we've we've um, often had many people citing that they're concerned about regulatory requirements, the e-consent being a barrier. But what we've seen during COVID is even in some countries where uh, electronic signatures have not been accessible, uh, or acceptable, sorry, not accessible. Um, we are now finding in COVID-19 that actually regulatory authorities have relaxed requirements, um, and, and we, we assume that they will do so going forward as well when they can see, you know, that, that we, the industry didn't fall apart as a result of it. Um, and even if it does, you know, it, many of the technologies allow uh, for, you, for us to really make sure patients are informed um, about the study before they sign up for it, um, whether they are signing, um, you know, electronically on, or on paper. And so I really do think there's going to be, be a shift here. And, and people have really been using e-consent um, more from a remote capability. 
Um, so, you know, still being able to, whether you be on some kind of like video call with um, the doctor or site staff, whether you, um, you know, are just on the phone, you know, still being able to actually get and do the proper informed consent process together and electronically, whether, you know, it be sending URLs or special codes, um, you know, to log in and prove that you're, you're there at the same place and we are following all the regulations that are needed. Um, but but it, is, it is really exciting, I think, for um, investigators and sponsors right now, you know, whether, whether they're working at home or in the, you know, hospital uh, or their offices, you know, to, to really move this forward. To me, this is a big piece of the industry moving forward a lot faster than we would have had COVID-19 not actually occurred. Yeah, and, and, and I, I totally agree. And I was I was I'm I'm relieved to see um and a little bit surprised to see how flexible um the FDA has been during this um and I just saw this morning they released another um another uh, updated guidance uh, that just came out again so they've been they've been very uh, just um flexible and 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 quick to to respond to all this so how do you think the future will be different as the world recovers from COVID-19 well, I, I do wish I had the crystal ball that <laughs> would tell mm -hmm. me that. I, I, at the moment, I'm wondering when my kids are going back to school. <laughs> um, but but in, in regards, sorry, um, but in regards to, um, you know, what's happening here in the industry, you know, it's interesting. I, I participated in a roundtable recently that had executives from a number of sponsor companies and some sites, and it was interesting that they all agreed that COVID-19 is the trigger that is going to make people in clinical development move towards, you know, being digitally enabled. And that, that you know, some of them were saying they were really surprised, that had not been their mindset previously. Others were like, yes, this is great. We were already committed. Um, love that we're moving forward with it. But, but one thing that really, I think it's really important for this group to understand is that absolutely everyone agreed that a Cree, a Cree, sorry, key decision criteria for um, choosing technologies to be part of the clinical development process really need to be around investigator and site staff acceptance uh, of the technology, their adoption, and their endorsement of it. Um, I mean, quite frankly, if we do not make sites lives easier, we do not make clinical research easier, uh, we are not going to be getting more products to market faster, and we're not going to be helping the patients that need these products. And, and after all, that is why so many of us are in this industry. And so I, I do think that a trend we are going to see is um, as, as sponsors are selecting technologies for their trials, they, they're actually going to look to sites and say, which ones do you like? Which ones, why not? What do you like about them? And, and I think it's really key about uh, people not thinking about point solutions uh, with a million different um, passwords, you know, that, that helps no one. And I really do think that everyone needs to be looking at, you know, so functionality, efficiency, and, and really experience around, um, you know, all of these technologies and, and, and kind of orchestrating clinical trials around thinking through the patient and the site, um, but, but really making sure that we are together, 
we are not creating additional work because of technology or technology for technology space, but um, really thinking it through um, to the future. I believe that we will all get there and it, it might not be quite as painful as people might be experiencing it right now. I, I do think that the pandemic created that panic, but I, I do think going forward that people are going to see more technology and I think that they are actually going to start to become a lot easier for sites to use. Well, we, we certainly hope so, and, and you're probably aware that the society was really pushing um, beginning last year for, um, you know, the, the topics of virtual visits, hybrid style trials, technology, the whole Global Summit last year was focused around technology. So um, it, it, we got kind of uh, sh um, pushed into it. it. It wasn't as gradual as we yeah. were expecting it to be. Um, so yeah, I just I agree with with um, everything you're saying here about the this the the technologies and 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 the, the e-consent especially and the and the way we're interacting with with each other now is totally different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, thanks very much, uh, Melissa. That that'll wrap it up. Um, everyone, make sure you register for upcoming webinars and discussions. Uh, visit our learning campus. Check out the SCRS Insight Journal. Uh, we publish that quarterly for members in the members section of our website, myscrs.org. We appreciate especially uh, IQVIA and uh, Melissa Easy's time today for this presentation. We look forward to having you join us for more great content in the future, and thanks for listening, everybody.